season five of The Score, the Team Roping Journal's podcast, where we cover the roping industry from top to bottom. This is where the team roping world talks. We talk through tough subjects, we talk big wins, and we talk real issues affecting the community. I'm your host and editor of the Team Roping Journal, Chelsea Schaefer. Today is November 11th, 2022, which means it's Veterans Day here in the United States. And before we do anything else, we want to offer our heartfelt thanks to the men and women who have served our country. We wish you a happy Veterans Day. Today, we're joined by a few special guests in our first ever joint podcast between The Score by the Team Roping Journal and the Breakaway Roping Journal's Breakaway Breakdown podcast. First, Gabby Schiavino will be our co-host. She's the senior managing editor of the Team Roping Journal and the Breakaway Roping Journal. And if you're a longtime listener of The Score, you've probably heard Gabby in a cameo appearance once or twice before. Then we'll be interviewing Travis and Jessica Beck. As you'll hear, we're officially dubbing Travis and Jessica the power couple of the Professional Armed Forces Rodeo Association. Travis and Jessica are both veterans of the United States military. Travis's time was committed to the Air Force while Jessica served with the Navy, and both have had a fantastic history with the rodeo and roping. These days, in addition to their own professional rodeo pursuits, they're also sincerely committed to helping organizations like the Professional Armed Forces Rodeo Association, Charlie Crawford's American Military Celebration, and Warriors in Rodeo to ensure that men and women like them have the opportunity to discover the unequivocal camaraderie found at military rodeo events. In this episode, we'll hear about rodeoing overseas, how the power couple met, did we mention they're both multi-year Professional Armed Forces Rodeo Association all-around champs, all they're hoping to achieve in the 2023 rodeo season, and why it's important for them to be involved in the shared missions of these organizations. Alright, so I'm here with Gabby, Travis, and Jessica, and we are going to jump right in for you guys today and start talking about the Professional Armed Forces Rodeo Association and Travis and Jessica's roles within that association. So thank you guys all for joining us here today. Thank you for having us. How are you guys associated with the Professional Armed Forces Rodeo Association, and what do you guys kind of do behind the scenes there and in the arena? So... I personally have been part of the uh, PAFRA Association since 2002. Uh, the association started in 2000. Um, had a few years that I was uh, I missed out due to military requirements and stuff like that. But I was mainly a contestant for those first few years. And then in 2011, I believe, I started competing more in the association. Had a little more free time due to military conditions kind of slowed down. Um, and I became a director. I've been a steer wrestling director, uh, I believe calf roping director and team roping director over the years, um, and then competed in multiple events. So I've competed in every event in PAFRA except for the barrel race and breakaway and uh, bareback. And I joined PAFRA in 2007 after I got out of the Navy. Um, I have been the barrel racing director, the breakaway director, the interim steer wrestling director, and next year I will be the secretary. So we've been members for quite a while, and in uh, the arena I compete in breakaway and barrel racing, and I haze in the steer wrestling. 
That is quite the the all-around plate there. So you mentioned that you were in the Navy. Let's talk about what the qualifications are to be a member of PAFRA and kind of what your guys' general membership is made up of. Okay, so in order to join PAFRA, it is open to the United States and NATO nations, military and veterans, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guards, Merchant Marines. Um, In order to be eligible, you must have had a honorable discharge, uh, DD-214 or NGB-22, or be a DOD civilian um, holding a DOD card or the spouse of a current PAFRA member or a dependent under the age of 18. Travis, did you discover PAFRA in a kind of an all-around way? Did you, Were you overseas when you were introduced yeah. to PAFRA? And can you tell yeah. us a little so bit about that? Back in 2002, I was, currently, I was stationed in Germany at that time, and we had the European Radio Association going on over there, um, which allowed all the military uh, personnel that lived over there to rodeo and compete with the German nationals. Uh, so it was kind of a great experience um, that uh, Alan had brought over to us, who is you know, currently in the... Uh, Pro Radio Hall of Fame, Alan Jacobson. Uh, so while we were over there, we got to communicate with some of our friends and military members back here in the States when they started PAFRA. Um, and that's why we have the uh, the NATO clause in there that allows NATO personnel to come join PAFRA. Because when we in 2002, when we were over there, we brought a bunch of Germans, uh, soldiers back with us. They you know, competed us with us in Germany. We brought them back to the U.S. to compete in PAFRA for the first time in 2002 in Bandera, Texas. So uh, we brought a, a whole crowd of people with us when we came and showed up. Um, we were probably a third of the population that showed up for that rodeo that year. So it was a really great uh, international experience for everybody. And uh, it allowed me to con- get back into my ways of rodeoing because I hadn't rodeoed in the past, I guess, five or six years prior to that. So, But you both grew up in rodeo. Right. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So when yeah. I joined the military, I'd been rodeoing and I chose to go back to the military, go to the military versus uh, uh, going to college. So... Uh, it was a tough choice, but you got to pay the bills. So, so yeah, Travis and Jessica, if you don't mind, can you tell us a little bit about where you yep. grew up and how rodeo has played a role? And, um, you know, and if we can get into how rodeo fit into the military career just a little bit more. I'm super interested in hearing about um, that. So I grew up in central Nebraska, mainly the North Platte, Lexington area. I uh, grew up on a ranch. So all you knew from at my age, a young age, was how to ride horses and feed cows and check cows. And it got really cold in the winter. Um, hence why I live in Oklahoma now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Grew up traveling, going to all the junior high rodeos, high school rodeos. You know, I got to go to nationals in high school uh, three times as a bulldogger. Um, and then at the end of high school, I had the choice of going to college and rodeoing for uh, South Dakota uh, State or going to the military. And I chose the military uh, because I was running low on funds at the time. It seemed like the best option for me and maybe a chance for me to grow up a little more. Um, so did the military. And you went into the Air Force. I don't know if we've said yes, that, ma'am. right? I went to the Air Force active duty. And then after graduating tech school, uh, my first duty station was in Japan. Um, so I went to Japan for a couple of years. Then I got stationed in Germany. That was my follow-on. Uh, so there's about 
four, maybe almost five years before I got to go back into the rodeo and, and witness it. And within the first three months of being in Germany, I ran into one of the guys I worked with and he told me about this rodeo association in Europe. And it went from there. I mean, so every weekend we got to drive to different parts of Germany, France, uh, Austria, Belgium, all over the country and get to go rodeo and see different parts of the world. It was a pretty amazing event. So, uh, and we had good commanders and good leaders that let us go do it. So it was pretty awesome. I know, uh, Ramstein is still a huge part of the rodeo scene down there. And so is, uh, yeah, I can't remember the army bases down there, but anyway, uh, so yeah, we did that. Then I left Germany. I came back to the States. Um, I tried to stay with rodeo, but military, uh, requirements weren't allowing it too much work um and then in 2010 i had the chance to get back i was that that, that time i was stationed in uh, washington state over in spokane uh fairchild and i had a chance to get back into rodeo and i could buy land i had a few horses and it really took back off for me and allowed me to rodeo so i got to rodeo in the associations up there in washington and then come back to pafra uh, once a year so um we continued on through that, uh, retired in 2017, um, and still competing PAFRA. Uh, we tried to go uh, get our good horses going and go back to the pro levels again. So we've been to some of the pro shows, still trying to get to the circuit finals and the uh, prairie circuit. But as most of you know, it's a pretty tough circuit, but we keep trying. So uh, met up with a lot of good friends that I used to high school rodeo with and rodeo again. So it's kind of great. It's the best thing about rodeo is you get to go meet all your old friends. You haven't seen it forever. And you know, it's always a camaraderie. So Travis, can you explain maybe a little bit, um, maybe paint a picture of what European rodeo looks like compared to American rodeo? So, uh, European rodeo, uh, what a good time. So we were all young and crazy at the time, of course, but, uh, so, Alan Jacobs had done a deal with the uh, MWR at the military base down there in Germany, and uh, <clears throat> they helped fund his project. So he gathered a bunch of bucking bulls and some horses and team roping horses and stuff, and he traveled across the country, you know, putting these rodeos on at different German towns. Uh, so you'd show up, and they're, they'd... They're like kind of like the PBR, the, the old PBR. They'd drop a bunch of panels out, set it up in arena, buck and shoots. Horses would come in the next day, and then all of a sudden there would be an arena in the middle of a field. And then they'd put a big uh, fence around the outside, and they'd charge a mission, and you'd walk into this rodeo arena and have a great time. And just outside of the rodeo arena, it was like you'd see like a German fest anywhere. Um, there was tents would pop up, beer tents, food tents, vendors. I mean, it was... It was like a carnival in a way, and we were the main attraction, but it was a good time. So, But uh, the crazy thing about Europe is they only had four roping horses and three barrel horses, and they did a draw. So every contestant rode the same horses for the team roping. Barrel races ran the same horses. So you didn't bring your own. You rode whatever the stock contractor provided to you. So that was kind of a unique. Oh, my God. You had definitely had to be a horseman and, and a cowboy at the same time. So. And so, okay, so Jessica, you rodeoed growing up also. Yes. Um, can you kind of yes. tell us a little bit about that and how it fit or didn't fit into <laughs> your military sure. career? So I grew up in North Texas and on a Longhorn cattle ranch, actually. And my parents, they didn't rodeo or anything. They kind of were more into the cutting horse side of things. But um Growing up, I kind of decided I did a little bit of that, but I really wanted to do the rodeo thing more. So um, growing up, we did we went up through, you know, 
Peewee, junior high, North Texas, region three ranks, and then um, through high school rodeo. And after high school, I decided to join the Navy um, in order to pay for college and everything. So then I went off and I was stationed in San Diego on the, on the USS Tarawa for most of my um, enlistment. And uh, we were deployed most of the time. So I didn't really get to rodeo at all when we were, when I was living in San Diego due to, we were basically at sea 90% of the time. So, um, I kind of decided that I really wanted to go back and, uh, finish college and rodeo. So I got out and I went into the reserves and I was stationed at Carswell Air Force Base in Fort Worth, Texas. And my, um, uh, commanding officer was really good about it. When I found PAFRA, I guess I kind of looked it up in 2006 and started going in 2007, but they, back then PAFRA actually had circuit rodeos. So my commanding officer would actually let me go on drill weekends to circuit rodeos and I'd have to like drill half a day and then I could leave and go to the rodeo and they'd still count it. So they were really good about it and very supportive. So that's kind of how I got into PAFRA. And I found out about it when I was uh, working on base there at, uh, I guess it's Naval Air Station Fort Worth now, not Carswell Air Force Base, but. (laughs) Okay. Okay. How did you guys We actually met at PAFRA. (laughs) Yeah. So we we met originally in 2010. She doesn't recall. Um, But then in 2011, (laughs) we met again, and then it kind of took off from there. So um, (laughs) got married in, what, 2012? Yes. So, you know, we're we're one of the the few of PAFRA bringing military together. So, yeah. Can I unofficially call you guys the the path of power couple? Sure. <laughs> okay. Right. That's how we're going to introduce you. Right. Yeah, we're going to love This special Veterans Day episode is brought to you by Equinity. All year long, Equinity has been helping us tell the stories of the Ropers who serve our country. Equinity is proud to honor our veterans, and today we thank those who we've profiled and the rest of the men and women of the armed forces. As Ropers, we spent a lot of time preparing our horses to meet the demands that we will place upon them. We integrate a good conditioning regimen, properly fitting gear, and quality veterinary and farrier care to our programs. Many of us also keep our horses on regular schedule with the chiropractor and massage therapist, and we eagerly invest in the latest products to enhance our horses' comfort and well-being. But sometimes we overlook one of the most important pieces of their health, their nutrition. Do we really know what we're feeding our horses and why? Are we doing everything that we can to give them that extra edge, both in their daily lives and in the performance arena. Equinity gets it. Choosing the right supplements can be overwhelming, and a five-minute Google search will yield so many results that it can be hard to know where to start. At Equinity, we believe that the best approach is a simple one, one that empowers horses to repair themselves from the inside out with a little support from Equinity. You can learn about Equinity Horse XL's eight amino acids that promote cellular repair at teamequinity.com.
Okay, so um, and and so you're both circuit rodeoing yes. now. Yeah, well, yeah. So in two thousand eighteen. 2018 18 or 19 we bought went back and bought our pro cars well she bought her pro car the year before i did so 18 she bought hers i think in 2019 i bought mine i finally had a dog and horse going uh, we started going back at that time we lived in missouri so we were doing the great lake yeah. circuit and um, i made the divisional circuit finals that one year but we then we moved here so i didn't get to go right so we we still we currently are still PRCA members and going to buy again for 2023 and still on the hook. See how it goes. Still trying to decide <laughs> if I'm going to go to Denver or not because it's already getting cold. And I'm kind of a weak, a weak guy when it gets cold anymore. So, yeah. But. Well, uh, different from Denver, you all were just down in Texas and Decatur yeah. in Fort Worth uh, with Charlie Crawford's American Military celebration um travis i think i read somewhere or maybe heard in another interview that you've been with them um since it started in the backyard can how did that so charlie i've known charlie for a while when he was rodeoing up north and lived in oregon um so charlie started charlie and jackie crawford started this organization to help you know a way to help pay back you know the military events because his dad was a vet um so they started out just inviting some local military cowboys to come down and it worked out great because it was his current, his previous uh, deal used to be like the weekend before Paffer was. So all these guys would come down hang out at Charlie and Jackie's for a couple of days and get tuned up and then they go to Paffer. So it worked out really good. Uh, since then in 2015, it's blown up. I mean, we had a whole week long of clinics and ropings. We had 170 some military members roping in a military military roping on friday so that just tells you how big it is you know it started out with no jackpots now there's 170 entries in the first roping so it's huge um and every year we've restricted it so every year we're bringing in new members to the clinic um so i mean our little pack that was you know 20 or 30 of us is now it's huge i mean I forget people's names now because there's so many of us showing up and we meet new people every year. And that's amazing. I mean, this year we brought in a kid out of California. So we've reached out. I mean, we're just, the circle keeps growing and growing. So it's amazing what Charlie and Jackie have done for us. And J Jessica, are you also involved? I actually, in that did, effort? was it the first year or the second the year they did it? Year. And Jackie did the breakaway clinic and I attended that, but, um, they've just been doing team roping since then. So they've got me talked into trying to team rope next year, but I have not, they, she, have, they haven't got me talked into she, it yet. She's on the list for the clinic next <laughs> yeah, year. So, so yeah. I, I, I went this year, um, and met up with them the last day well, or the last two days, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. They got me talked into it during next year, I guess. <laughs> but it's Charlie's Charlie's deal has been a really great uh, avenue for the uh, the PAFR Association and the MRCA and war. Um, we always <clears throat> the last couple of years we've had war there as a booth to kind of you know promote it, and we keep talking about PAFR, and it, it works out great because we just. We just got, got finished up with the PAFA rodeo and an MRCA rodeo uh, prior to showing up at uh, the AMC. And then at the end of AMC this year, on Saturday after Charlie had his NFR roping at uh, Cowtown, we did a MRCA rodeo in conjunction with Cowtown. So I mean, it's, it's growing. We're going hand in hand, and it's becoming a great success for everybody, I believe. That's awesome. And you, you've mentioned war, and for everybody listening, that's Warriors and Rodeo. Um, which is another organization that uh, creates rodeo opportunities for 
military and first responders. Um, and can y'all tell us a little bit about your involvement yeah, there so as well? has been around, man, I can't even tell you. It's been quite quite a while. And it started out as uh, mainly a way to help the rough stock riders out, you know, because of fines getting everybody started. And then it advanced to where we had, we're putting on clinics for the bull riders and the roughies and the team ropers and calf ropers and barrel racers. So it's grown quite a ways. Um, and it's still, it's had some hiccups and ups and downs because everybody's still got a career. It's, it's a non-profit like everything else, uh, but it's still there to help the military guys out in any way they can. I know where they do some haunts and everything else. So uh, war is a great program. Just if you just want to get in and get to understanding what rodeo is about and, you know, the connection is a great place to start. That kind of, you know, brings up a question that I had. You all are involved in all of these nonprofit uh, events as competitors, but also in leadership roles. And, you know, I interviewed um, the team roping directors for PAFRA a few weeks ago. Mm. So Corby and Connie, right? And um, it's a lot of hours. It's a lot of hours and a lot of work. And what what keeps you so involved and so motivated to help from so many angles and within so many uh, for me personally it's the camaraderie um if we didn't have places we could go get together and do stuff who knows what we'd be doing you know we've all got different stories that unfortunately have a lot of the same outcomes you know that nobody wants to really talk about especially when you're not talking to one of your fellow brothers or sisters that have you know been through it um so this is a kind of a way we can all get together do something we love or have an interest in and you know so to be a part of it and help it out any way we can that's kind of our goal so I agree. <laughs> just, just your head, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree. Nothing to add. Right. So as far as that camaraderie goes, um, kind of give us a little bit of perspective into what it's like. I imagine, you know, I, I always on the we're doing a little bit of a conjunction podcast here. Um, but on the breakaway breakdown, I really like to bring up the topic of mental health and what it looks like on your guys' side of things and kind of the things you go through. So what do these events, these associations do for the members and the people behind them? Oh, wow. Um, the mental aspect, as we all know, of rodeo, it's its own it's its own beast. You have to learn how to understand yourself before you can understand the game. Um, the best thing that, that I gain out of it, I guess, and a lot of my, my – uh, fellow competitors, I believe, of the same aspect, is it's a chance for us to kind of come together. Um, yes, it's a competition when we all get there, but we're more about, it's more about seeing your friends and catching up um, than actually who's going to win the first round. Um, different aspect from what rodeo really is, you know. Um, yeah, it's always great to win the round, but we're we're kind of like a bunch of bulldogs when we get together. We're cheering, we're cheering on the barrel racers and the bull riders and the team ropers. You know, we don't care who wins as long as everybody had a good time and walked out safely. Because um, we've all been down that road of the unsafe aspects of our lives. Um, <clears throat> so you know, the mental aspect. I think it really eases everybody when they get to see faces they haven't seen or you know people that you know they get to get to talk and it's like a big family reunion in yeah. a way uh you'll meet people that, like this year at amc we met a guy out of california who's in the army that you know never would have known us or met us if it wasn't for charlie um but he's a man he just he melted right in the group he's been through some of the same stuff we've all been through and dealt with through the military so he i mean he had a really great time and i'll be 
very shocked if he doesn't bring 10 guys from California back with him next year, you know, and maybe even come to path for the other associations. So uh, it's a, it's an amazing way to connect and, you know, kind of take the stress off of your, your past history, you yeah. know, you might be carrying around. And we cannot see these guys for a year and you get back together and it's just like nobody missed a day, basically. So it's really nice. That's awesome. And then Jessica, you mentioned uh, maybe working with Jackie for the breakaway. Are you going to work with Jackie for uh, your team roping at all since she's uh, been cracking I back out a little she's bit? I going to be there at all, but we'll see. <laughs> we're, we're trying to get, we're hoping to maybe Jackie's schedule will slow down in the next couple of years and she can be more part of the clinics again. But uh, now that breakaway's taken off, it's, uh, yeah, we're not going to hold her back. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, she's probably pretty busy. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I guess. How does breakaway fit into that? Is it like an equal slated event or are you guys facing some of the same struggles with committees getting equal money, uh, et cetera? Uh, well, and when it comes to path roads, uh, the added money is equal across the board. Yeah. So, so. For, for breakaway, when we <clears throat> breakaway has always been an event for the women and, and the association. Uh, last year we opened it up to, uh, high school kids what age 14 14 and under to allow them to grow and for the young kids kind of like some of the amateur radios do help a to help the association grow a little bit and get more members uh, involved in breakaway uh we restricted the men from the breakaway just because it's you know it's it's one of them levels that they have calf roping so but then in the other military association they allow men and women to so and then in mrca we have no gender restrictions in events so the military radio cowboys association mrca is open to everybody who is currently serving or has retired on a positive note, you know, good, good conduct. Uh, so in that association, men can break away as well. So it's it's a different playing field everybody you go to, kind of like in the PRCA. You never know what you're going to get into, but it's going to be tough or it could be your day. You never know. So. And so I think I came across a website. I don't know if it's still current. Are you... Are you all in the training no, business? Or how do you, what do you do outside of when you're not rodeoing? But I have what are you doing? When they're not serving <laughs> on eight different boards. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, in uh, all your yeah, free we time. We do train horses on the side. <laughs> well, I do it on the side. She does it for a living. Uh, she specializes in uh, barrel horses, you know, starting young ones and then, you know, fixing some other issues. One, I uh, specialize in the, uh, the breakaway and the team roping horses. So. Uh, bulldog and every once in a while, but I try to stay away from those because there's some guys that are way better than at it than I am. So, um, but we do do uh, do the training still. Uh, we usually have two or three horses at the house all the time. So, so looking back, how do you feel about your decision to go that military route instead of the college rodeo route? Like you said, you kind of had that choice earlier. Uh, yes, I still would have went to the military. I still would have stayed probably the whole time. Uh, was it tough? Yes. But everything we do in life is tough at one point. Um, I think the military has got a, it's a great avenue for a lot of people that are undecisive. So I fully recommend it and support the decision. As far as upcoming goals for yourselves personally and for the associations that you're involved with. Um, what are you guys kind of doing in the upcoming months? What's your schedule going to be like and how do your goals fit into kind of what you're doing in the future? 
So I guess for next year, we're going to kind of focus on hitting some circuit rodeos uh, personally for us and just see how the beginning of the season goes and if we stick with it or not. Um, when it comes to the military associations, uh, the MRCA is actually going to have a bunch of circuit rodeos next year. So we'll probably be traveling for those as well. Um, and we're putting on one actually at the house in March or down the road in Paul's Valley. Um, so we're going to be pretty busy between the different associations. And then, of course, at the end of the year will be PAFRO, which we're helping out on the board with that to get everything ready to promote that as well. And as for me, uh, my current goal is really to try to make the circuit finals for Prairie Circuit and the Bulldog in, for 2023, um, which is going to make it a really tight year because we got, as she said, we're doing an MRCA rodeo that we're putting on at the end of March. Um, we just announced yesterday that PAFRA is going to move to Clovis, New Mexico in October for its finals. So we're changing locations, which requires us to go find new stock contractors and announcers and everything a normal rodeo would need. But uh, so so, yeah, it's continually building, and we're trying to get uh, a couple people in the Northeast to help us out on the MRCA rodeos as well. So we're trying to coordinate with them as well to make that a bigger deal, too. So uh, goals are a lot. Um, we'll <laughs> see which class fills up first, uh, and we'll go from there. But, uh, you know, it's always an ever-changing goal, unfortunately, but we keep keep striving forward with it. So Awesome. And then if... Listeners want to find out more about the associations that you guys are with. Uh, what's their best place to look for resources and to keep up with you guys? I would say online or on Facebook. Um, I think war is under warmissions.org and PAFRA is now um, PAFRARodeo.com. Uh, MRCA is the Military Radio Cowboys Association.com. Yep. And then you can find us on Facebook under Stray Steer Performance Horses. Awesome. And then one thing from from the breakdown side of this podcast, um, I always have to ask guests that come on, what is the best piece of advice that you guys have ever been given? It can be rodeo related, personally or professionally? Oh, gosh. Or just life? Honestly, I think I'm going to go with what... Uh, I heard somebody say the other day, and it was actually on Facebook, and when it comes to rodeo, the whole be like water thing, where you, and they said, uh, oh gosh, what'd they say? Be like water. Basically, you have to mold to the conditions around you, and like where water never stops flowing. I, I don't really know. <laughs> but they said it way better than I'm saying it right now. But, um, basically, just roll roll. I actually think we may yeah, have wrote that I like article. That. She, does, she said that great. <laughs> yeah, Bailey that was Shoke. Bailey that, show. I think that's the best thing that I've heard in a long time. That was really that. Yep. the best uh, response I've heard. Uh, and for me, I guess it come from that's awesome. time with uh, Cliff Cooper. Uh, his best advice: just slow down, slow down, and be fast. You know, uh, you get you get so caught up in the moment sometimes, and the best thing you can do is slow down. So. I love that. That's a great balance. Great balance of advice there in the power couple. <laughs> well, I guess I just want to say that we really appreciate you both making time for us. You clearly have a lot on your plates. So happy Veterans Day. And thank you very much for your service as well. Um, we've really appreciated thank hearing you your stories. Yes, thank you. 
Today's episode was brought to you by Equinity. For more information, visit teamequinity.com. And for more stories of ropers who serve, visit teamropingjournal.com or look at your latest issue of the magazine. Equinity also sponsored the free live stream of the Danny Dietz Memorial Roping from NRS Indicator Texas last Memorial Day. And you can watch that whole event with the best ropers in the country, plus a special documentary on the Navy SEAL Danny Dietz and the foundation over at roping.com.